Welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. I'm your host, David Lovell, and uh, every week I sort of ask my guest if they've got anything to plug. Uh, maybe they do their own podcast or they've got, they write for a website or something like that. Well, this week's guest just said, well, I'm just simply a wrestling enthusiast. Didn't use the word fan, but said wrestling enthusiast. So welcome, wrestling enthusiast, Mel Gray. Mel, how's Hello. it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. I, I actually enjoy watching this. It's fun getting to know the group this way. Yeah, when I when I obviously started doing the podcast, I thought, oh, I, I tell you what, what would be a really good idea is to just bring on people from the Facebook group, and then that's a good way for us to get sort, you know, sort get to know each other a bit more and find out how we all became fans of wrestling in the first place. Because everyone has their own sort of unique story to them as to why or how they became a fan in the first place. So for you, I mean, what, what's your earliest memory of wrestling? So I am one of these people who didn't realize until recently that I was a full blast wrestling fan. But it's been in my life my entire life. Like, I was born in 1979. So, and that was one of the things I love about your show. There's so many perspectives. Everyone's so cool. It's like, yeah, yeah I can tell my story and not feel I'm too old or too young for this podcast. We, uh... Because I was born in 79, so for me it was like Hulkamania, running wild by the time I'm 8 to 10 years old. And I was a pop culture kid. I was, I mean, if it was on, I would watch it. Plus I had that mom who was like, don't watch that, it's fake. <laughs> and then, like, but then, you know, followed up with nothing. Like, it wasn't like she was going to follow me around or see what I was watching. I was, you know, it's like if the cable was around and nobody was around, like, I'm watching whatever I want. And I am definitely the kid that was like, oh, don't watch it. Flipping that on on a Saturday morning. Or... Exactly. The, if, you, if your parents tell you not to do something, you're going to do it, right? I mean, that's just how it works. <laughs> well, and it was so compelling at the time because of who was, I mean, you had Hulk Hogan and you had, I loved Andre the Giant. I just remember being like, wow, because I'm small. I'm a like less than a foot tall I'm a very small person so for me I was like wow that guy's even bigger to me and it was so larger than life at that point and they were on every every magazine in the supermarket line and every everywhere because it was such a huge boom for wrestling so it was one of these times where I was like oh okay you couldn't get away from it it was on I usually watch Saturday mornings because in the off season from soccer season which is what i played 16 weeks of every year from the time i was five years old played soccer in the fall but during like saturday morning uh cartoon catch-up i would have you know saturday morning superstars catch up too because there was no way my dad was forking over the tv on a saturday or i'm not even sure when exactly which nights it was on until sort of the classic later on because i didn't yeah, that was that was the first time. So, and as far as you know, the next question is uh, which wrestlers captured your imagination. So for you, it was like Hulkamania was like, like as you say, it was running wild, and Andre was someone that really captured your imagination because of how big he was. Any anybody else that jumps out with you, as, and and you think, um, yeah, when you first started watching it, they sort of became favorites of yours early on. So it was The Undertaker. 
It got into the 90s and the middle 90s, and I started to like, I loved The Undertaker. I just, I I wish I could remember where it was, because when I would go to my grandmother's house, and they lived outside of Providence, Rhode Island, because I was raised on the East Coast. So not where I'm from, you couldn't get any television, but when you got near the cities like that, you could get the cool TV, like, late on Saturday. And I just remember him having this whole angle with, like, an ambulance, and there was... It was just crazy. I remember it being so crazy. And this is another time where I came running out to my mom, like, oh, my God, you got to see this. And she's like, that's fake. That's not real. It's like, right, like every other piece of fiction I've ever picked up, like every book and every movie and every cartoon. But stay away from that one. But he was another one where I was like, oh, this is like, it kind of scared me. I had that, like scared as a kid moment like in a good but the good scared where you're like i'm gonna go watch more horror movies and see what this guy's up to i'm trying to think what feud that would have been with an ambulance i just there was like i wish i remember it probably was the early 90s because that was when i was allowed to sleep in the room with the tv alone without being bothered by my cousins and all that bs that you had to deal with as like being the oldest cousin i finally got all the perks of getting older getting into my tweens and teens so when did you um finally sort of go to a to a live show did you um get to go to a live show fairly early on or was that not so- until later That was after what ultimately happened was when I got close to college, I got I worked at a golf course as a greenskeeper and the pro, the golf pro in the pro shop was just a couple years older than me. And he was a wrestling fan, like bought in and he started to get me to like come over and check out wrestling with them on Monday nights. And I was into fun and it was different and they all liked the nerdy stuff that I liked which is sort of the unifying factor of wrestling. I think there's so much cool intersections with nerds. You do the, like, uh, Monday night thing or the Monday weekly thing where you do the sort of uh, Mount Rushmore's. It's because we can all do these intersecting interests, but also you can all listen to each other. And it was like, all right, I'm into your thing. I'll go check this out. And we went, like, that was when I first started to get really into it. And he he was going to take me to a house show, but... Yeah, I had an unfortunate weekend, and my it was like one of these things where like the late 90s was, I was committed, but I just couldn't, we lived in a very rural, rural part of Maine, so it was only ever house shows, and the weekends never matched up, and it was just like, all right. So I didn't actually go to my first live show until the early 2000s, that was, and it was a raw, it was a live taping, like I dove straight in. So not until your sort of early, early 20s then? Mm-hmm. The early 2000s. And my first show was, we were debating that in the house this week. My first show was either in 2002 or 2003. I landed on probably 2003 because it would have been a month before our wedding. When <laughs> the other one was. And I cannot imagine that we would have had the money for a, a live raw taping. Because we were living, we had moved. I met my husband on the West Coast. He's from the Midwest. I'm from the East Coast. We met on the West Coast. And went to our first Raw show together at Seattle. So we were in the Key Arena in Seattle on Monday Night Raw taping. That we swear Brock Lesnar was there because he walked right by us. But we couldn't find the card he was on. So it must have been a run-in. <laughs> Do you remember much else from that particular Raw yeah, taping? Yeah, it was a Rock. Yeah, Rock was there. Stone Cold was there. Ric Flair was actually 
coming over, it was like one of those times because we started to get into it together when it was crossing over into almost being bought by Vince McMahon. Like the WCW was almost bought by, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting my, (laughs) getting my promotions crossed, but it was one of those times where it was starting to bleed into each other because ultimately sort of the break that we took that time frame was when they became all one monster. So, because right. we went to WrestleMania in Seattle, we went to WrestleMania 19. Okay, yeah, because WrestleMania 19 would have been 2003. Yeah, oh, yeah, three. So you, you were there for the uh, the Brock Kurt match where Brock right. did, did, did the shooting star press and, and nearly ended his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I believe there was a little bit of uh, bloody. Uh, self-mutilation on that show as well in, that was Hogan in the event. And, Hogan and Vince, wasn't it? Was that I'm Hogan? pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling Bob, my husband, about some of the chatter that was going on recently with that, and he was like, we saw the bloodiest match I've ever seen in my life at that first WrestleMania we went to. Well, that was that great visual of Vince. I, I can't remember what he's grabbing. He's grabbing something like a... Um, an iron bar or something and you you see him like rising up from the from the ground and he's got like a his his face is covered in blood and he's got this evil grin on his face um that's a great visual i remember from that show and that also had that great uh sean michaels chris jericho match as well Mm -hmm. in fact that was a pretty good wrestlemania a very good wrestlemania in fact it was um i love those venues out there like the venues out in Seattle are fantastic. They're great. They're open air, but there's the it has a, a retractable uh, Safeco Field. There has a retractable roof. I've never seen about anything there, and it was a great venue for it. It was just a lot of. I mean, it was crazy. It was my first time, and I was still a pretty new fan at the time. So, I, as I think that we'll come to talk about at some point here, I wasn't paying the same kind of attention back then as i do now so it well, was a different wrestling fan well that leads us on to the next question which is at any point did you lose interest in wrestling so you kind of said at the top of the show you didn't really know you were a wrestling fan uh, so um i mean i'm guessing you kind of have gone in and out of watching it over the years and haven't really become a regular 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 watcher until fairly recently would that be correct or or not yeah. really so i we started to fall away after that wrestlemania wrestlemania 19 was i mean at the time probably at like all we couldn't commit the time we were growing up you know we, we so it became a i started my career i used to work with kids like i used to work as a day camp director and he used that soccer i ran a soccer skills program out west there for a long time and then i had a life-altering medical emergency in 2010 and it kind of changed my entire trajectory but so you know we we were fans up until that wrestlemania and then it got to be too consuming and we it's it stopped being interesting to us so it became something that we just didn't have the time to commit to it anymore (laughs) But some of my best friends are still wrestling fans, so I always knew what was effective. Like, it was hard. Uh, you know, D- Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson was from that part of the right. country, mm-hmm. and he was yeah. so. It's hard to miss certain things once you know the lingo, the words. So I don't. You know, you almost don't need to. 
I used to joke that it's like a soap opera where you can leave and and be gone for 10 years and come back in and you get the gist in a few minutes and pick up the players and you're good to go. So. Yeah, no, that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, you could. Um, I mean, because it changes so much, uh, but there are still. I mean, like for instance, you could watch a Monday Night Raw and you could see Goldberg turn up, or you could see you know, someone you remember from years ago. So you can literally walk away from wrestling and stop watching it, uh, but there would always be a sting in AEW, for example. Yeah. I mean, there, there'll always be guys that um, you remember from watching years ago because these guys just have a habit of coming back. But um, what are your sort of viewing habits now? So what, what do you watch from a, from a week-to-week basis? So sort of wrap it all up is like, I can basically tell you the exact time we got back into it. And it was my friend John brought us to an OTT show in 2016 when we visited him in Ireland um, in a tent when they were first starting to become a thing, when they were first building their stuff. And we got back into live wrestling and it was independent wrestling. And I was, it was like head spin, whole new life. Why aren't we watching this? And we got back to the Detroit area where we live now and we found Evolve, we found progress, we started going to shows. So before all the AEW stars became big stars right, yeah. in AEW, right around that, I mean, we hit it perfect. We struck when the iron was hot when we came back. It was like, I'm now watching, it, it was awesome. Uh, it was perfect timing. Our first Evolve show, we got to see uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle wrestle their last night. It was Keith Lee's last. He had just signed with WWE, so we got to see him wrestle there. And so I was watching NXT for a long time until it became what it is now. And I don't really, I mean, like, strictly I watch AEW Live. And I watch New Japan fairly close. I mean, if it's a big show, I was a little behind on Wrestle Kingdom this year just because it's been weird. But I just caught up with all those main events, especially. And, oh, my God, it's like my favorite thing in the whole wide world. It just makes me so happy. It's like I can be having the worst day ever. I put New Japan on. I hear Kevin Kelly. I'm the happiest person in the world. It's amazing how it can change your entire mood. And, of course, Okada. Okada. Is there any WWE viewing in there at all, or or not? <laughs> not at, not at the current, and it really I've I love WWE. I wouldn't be a fan. All my first shows, all of the stuff I saw in the indies were. I mean, I got to see Mustafa Ali. I got to see Adam Cole. I it just, but they're just. They're not giving me anything that... I, there's a lot of wrestling out there right now. And there's a lot for everyone. And they don't have anything for me right now. And that's just the facts. Is they don't... I don't want to bury them. I want them to be... It's WWE. Like, they're the biggest company in the world. You want them to be there with everybody. But I just can't. I, I just can't right now. I mean, it bums me out that they're not on my viewing list. Because they should be. Because... Well, I mean, I'm not sure they should be because there is so many alternatives out there now. There, there was a time, as you were saying earlier, around sort of 2003, after WCW went under, after ECW went under, there was no real competition. Obviously, you had you had your TNAs and your, your Ring of Honors, but there wasn't really anybody to compete with, with, with the WWE. So it was kind of either WWE or nothing. But now 
there are so many options out there. And if WWE is not doing it for you, there's AEW, there's New Japan, there's so many other companies you could watch. So, yeah, WWE no longer has a real monopoly over the wrestling business anymore because there is so many other outlets out there. But we come on now to the rapid fire questionnaire, which uh, I've kind of sort of dropped (laughs) the rapid fire part of it because as you've probably gathered from listening to other podcasts, it's not rapid fire at all. Uh, favorite wrestler <laughs> of all time? Who would you? Uh, who would you have for that? Your Okada. Favorite wrestler? It's Okada. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's Okada. I mean, it's not even close for me. I and got I... to see him at Madison Square Garden. That was my last, like, so my last wrestling out in the world. My last event happened to be the ROH New Japan Supercard. So, at least my last experience before in the before times. Uh, was that I got to see him win the belt there with friends from all over, which was a ton of fun. But that's like the unifying factor of wrestling. There is so much for everyone that it brings all these cool, different, fun folks together. And that's, yay. Do you think we'll get Okada in AEW one day, maybe against Kenny or? Actually, here I have I have feelings on this because I was owed an Omega Okada main event at that Madison Square Garden oh, okay. uh, event, Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> because you know, Kenny Omega had no autonomy at all and can't make his own decisions. But I mean, we all know that main event was gonna be Okada Omega, and timing being what it was, AEW started, so they better. Because so who did our not, who did our car the face on that show then? That was Jay White. Oh okay yeah 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 yeah. It's still a good match. I mean it's no, not. No, it was a great match. I love Jay White. He's one of my favorite heels right now. Like he's he's great. I want to watch Strong because he's on it. That's where he is right now. So I end up watching a lot because I just love. He is such an amazing bastard. Like he's so good at it. And he's <laughs> such a great wrestler. And he's it's just perfect. We had. Great seats, and we had this hilarious dude in front of us who was, you know, that's your champion, folks. You don't boo him. It was perfect. It was one of those, like, it's like, are we in Madison Square Garden or the Knights of Columbus Hall? Like, it's um, it was amazing. So, you know, fair play to him and Okada won. So I was the happiest human in the world that night. It was great. Favorite match of all time, and if, if it's not an Akada match, I want to know what your favorite Akada match is as well. But favorite match of all time, what would you go for that? So this one, I this was the first time I've ever thought this hard about this, and it is the sixty-minute draw between Okada and Kenny because that's the first time I realized that that could be a thing and be effective, and how like I was exhausted at the end of that, and I didn't really do anything <laughs> but sit there, and it's like. Probably right now, it, that's why I think that the uh, Hangman and Brian Danielson match was so great, is because it takes so much to do a 60-minute match effectively. I get so, I'm so easily bored. I'm not even going to lie about that. Well, have I you am ever easily seen, bored. Did you ever see no, Brett and no. Sean? Brett and Sean's 60-minute match? Not with these eyes. And exactly. it is one that I've been told not with these eyes. That's what I love about wrestling, too. It's another thing that makes it so great is there will always be something I haven't seen yet that I need to go watch. And because I'm actively educating myself, like, I've only been an observer reader for part of that time. It was, again, you know, my friend's a nerd and 
said, there's this thing over here, and now I listen to every single podcast and ran out of podcasts and went listening to more podcasts. So <laughs> it's, but no, I do want to check it out now with my new eyes, my more educated. Well, I've not seen that match for a long time, but I, I, I thought that match was boring. Uh, at the time when it happened, and I'm I'm one of the biggest Bret Hart fans you'll find, but that's not my favourite match of his by any means. I I think it was a very dull, uneventful match. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Okada Omega, and Hangman and and Danielson. I mean, you just as you say, you just get tired watching them, and you're just you're just watching them. You, I can't imagine what it's like for them. Uh, it's almost like they don't even they're doing that without even trying. I mean, that that's how good they are. Uh, they're on a different level. They really. I mean, a hangman. The fact he was able to hang with 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 Brian Danielson says a lot about him. I think. Um, well, and for American TV, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not some kind of like weird. Oh, I don't have a good attention span. Like this is kind of normal now. It's tough to. You put an hour long match on the network TV. We watch with my mother in law, who will be seventy this year, and it's this great family time thing. But I remember because it started the match, and this is just a little quick like tangent for you. She was like, 60 minutes? How can anyone go 60 minutes? It's like you sit here and watch wrestling with us every week, and every single main event is 60 minutes and all these other things. But for some reason, this night it stuck in her craw. And I, Bob and I looked at each other and was like, they're going to go all the way. They're going to do this. They're really going to do this. And they pulled it off. And it was awesome. And... It's really easy to lose people and something like that. I don't know. It's timing and you have to be such a smart person and you have to have such good control of your actual like. Yeah, I can't wait for Kenny to come back, man. That's going to be an amazing day. Well, did your mother-in-law enjoy the match? She did. She did. Yeah. So they, 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 they kept her for the whole 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. She's a big AW fan. That's her wrestling now. That's She watches with us. So, as far as the, of, sorry, go, on. go. No, you go. <laughs> uh, the next question is best show you've ever attended live. So you, you you've been to. Have, is it just the one WrestleMania? WrestleMania nineteen? No, I actually got my WrestleMania redemption story at Escape from WrestleMania thirty five. Uh, we actually because we were there and it was me and our friend who had never been to a WrestleMania, we went out to the, I'm going to call it the Meadowlands again, because I always forget what it's really called now. But we went out to the New York one and had such a blast. So got to see Kofi Kingston, Brian Danielson, uh, got to see Ronda Rousey, which has been kind of a joke around the place lately, is that uh, maybe we're still stuck in the WrestleMania 35 timeline, (laughs) because anybody who had to get out of there that day... uh, knows what I'm talking about was oh, after after yeah. WrestleMania. I remember the horror um, stories, yeah. It it was I'm glad that I was with the people the two people I was with because we knew that if things were gonna get crazy and dark, like we were ready to fight our way out. But it it was <laughs> her, it was harrowing. It was but also a great story because we didn't die. So So what what is the best show you've attended live though? It was the MSG show. Yeah. It was, I mean, I can remember the card. Like, I can rattle off the card. I can, um, we got to see a lot of people that I don't, won't, didn't get to see because, you know, John's over in Ireland seeing OTT shows and getting to rev for a once in a while. So he's getting 
these people on his tours. Kenny Omega played one of their big, he was booked for one of their big shows a few years ago, so he got to see Kenny before. But we, that show, I, I don't know. It's, I don't think anything's going to top that, or if something comes along that tops that, I'm excited for it, because I and I hope that I at least get to spend it with some of the people, if not all of the people, or more of the people that I've gotten to know since then, because... It was great. It was fantastic. Like, I'm sure you'd love to go to an AEW show at some point. Oh my gosh! But Tony Khan apparently he will go to Chicago. He will go to Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio. But for some reason, again, now we have heat because I need the Okada Omega thing, and we have heat because he won't come to the Detroit area. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know I don't the guy. Why? Because I, I can kind of understand <laughs> with COVID, you know, they don't want to travel too far away from from uh, where they're based, which would be, what, Florida? Florida. Um, but um, Detroit, I mean, they've, they've been to New York. They've been to Chicago, as you say. Why not Detroit? <laughs> well, they've been to Wisconsin. They've been to all the states around us. And, I mean, okay, I'm gonna, here's a little bit of a logic bomb. It may be that the government here is kind of uh, not on the train with the uh, handling the plague well. Right. So it could be very much that uh, our venues won't adhere to keeping people safe. And I can understand that. Like, I, it's kind of a situation here in the state that, you know, we have a handful of people who still think it's a hoax and think that masks are some sort of violation. And I wouldn't want to put my workers in jeopardy either. So it's a big bummer because I know there's a big... I probably get to see some of my wrestling friends who I haven't seen in like two and a half years because we haven't been able to go to a show. And, you know, you get your wrestling friends. You go for three years, the same people show up. Well, yeah, it'll be great once things are fully back open again because there's so many parts of the country they haven't been to. I mean, they, they obviously haven't been over to Canada. They haven't been to... I mean, they may have been. Did they go to Canada before the pandemic started? I can't remember now because they obviously they started in October of was it October of twenty nineteen? I, like, I feel like they have. I can't remember if they did it before. I felt like there was something coming up, and then you know we had the spike know. over here again. And yeah, because they obviously. They, I mean, there's the West Coast. There's Canada. They would UK. get a. I was just gonna say it. I was just. Is that the crowds over on your part of the woods are epic? I'm, I'm sure that everyone is really looking forward to when they come over and, and uh, obviously have the big show at uh, Fulham's uh, stadium, uh, right. Fulham Football Club, because obviously Tony Khan owns them as well. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, AEW, it is, um, I mean, I speak to, as you know, the, the people that have been on this podcast from the Facebook group, pretty much all of them watch AEW week in, mm-hmm. week out. They don't tend to watch much WWE anymore, unless, unless it's Scott Young, of course. Scott Young is still a big WWE fan. But, uh, and, and Dan, of course, Dan Lukew is a, a big WWE fan as well. But yeah, for the most part, people tend to watch AEW. Do you watch um, Rampage live? Obviously, it's not live live, but do you watch it when it airs on a Friday night as well or just yeah. Dynamite Live? Yeah, I have only one way to vote anymore. It's with my pocketbook. And I am one of the golden female between 18 to 49 demographics. So if I don't watch, you know, the numbers drop off every week. And then it just, yeah, I, I have to. I have to watch live. 
so I try to. I mean, I don't I don't love picture in picture, but you know, I'd rather watch live. And I end up with you guys doing the chat threads on the group. That's more fun because you can kind of goof around with people yeah, if it gets slow. Well. I really enjoy it, but unfortunately for me, it does mean watching Dynamite Live from yeah. 1 a.m. till 3 a.m., which yeah. is, can be quite difficult, especially if you've got work the next day and, and stuff like that. But um, it is a lot of fun, uh, definitely. And we don't really have that with Rampage because Rampage is so late on, you know, and no I think way. a lot of people don't don't watch it until afterwards. I know in Canada, it doesn't even air in Canada. Um, so, um, yeah, it's difficult. But obviously with, with us in the U.K., we have if we if you watch on the fight app, you don't have picture in picture. You, do, you they they carry on. You get commentary during the the commercial breaks as well. Uh, you you kind of get it uninterrupted, which is which is really good. So like the the Danielson and uh, Hangman hour match, we literally got the whole hour uninterrupted on on the fight app, which is really cool. yeah. I know because um, I don't know. I've got an echo there, but. The uh, <laughs> I was getting I, I obviously have a fight watcher fight app watcher in my life who when they do stay up that late uh, loves to be like well I must they must be on an ad break for you guys because I'm just getting uh you know holds and yeah. I'm just like shut up yeah because occasionally <laughs> I'll be like I'll be in the thread and I'll say oh this this match is a, a bit boring i mean that the crowd are dead and, and i realized oh yeah because they're in a commercial break because the americans are watching their <laughs> stupid advertisements <laughs> yeah it's it is it's kind of a necessary evil and i that's why i'm okay with it i'm a, an nfl watcher so i get it it's part of the deal i mean it's so super important that AEW has that deal in the first place so i you know, I want to fist bump Excalibur for selling that picture in picture every single time. And I sit through it and we jab through it. I think I'm going to have a new rule for my mother-in-law that you can only ask questions during picture in picture. Because <laughs> sometimes she messes up the vibe during the match. And I'm like, I'm that person where I'm like, hey, shut up, you guys. Stop talking over the match. So... So what what do you think? We'll come on to the uh, the final question, but as we're sort of talking about AEW, obviously we got uh, Revolution. is a, uh, it's over a month away because it, it's it's later this year. It's normally in February, but it's not till March this year, and we still don't really know. I mean, you can kind of see what the card maybe. I mean, I I imagine we're probably going to get. I mean, I, I expect. I mean, I I don't know for a fact, obviously, but I would expect. Maybe Hangman and Adam Cole, maybe for the title, will be the the way they go. I, I know that obviously um, Cole just lost the Lights Out match to uh, Orange Cassidy, but that doesn't count as an official loss. Um, so they could still build him up for the title. Do you reckon that's what they'll do, Hangman and, and Adam Cole, for the title? I mean, they kind of have to at this point. They need Hangman to defend the title. They need to keep pushing him um Adam Cole is the guy. I think Moxley will always be hot, so it doesn't matter. Like he'll always do what he needs to do. I don't think that he seems like a like he's gonna. He's not gonna like inject himself into the situation and try and like kill that main event if that's where it needs to go. And they're starting to do the Brian Danielson Moxley thing, which can be a sub you know yep. situation, which is great because it's like no look over here, no look over here. Because you're essentially establishing like the next person to be up for it. And 
take a Moxley-Danielson feud with Danielson being the next challenger because Moxley can kind of do it any time. He's kind of that guy right now. Um, and I think he's going to be, because he's in a different place with his mental health, he's going to be a lot more charismatic. He's going to be a lot more Moxley than he's ever been because he will have better focused interests. And so that will... I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does next. But I think you kind of have to... That's where we've been building. And whether people come in or come out, like, you can't just be like, oh, do this, like, quick, you know, what is it? It's hot shot booking. We don't want that. That's bad. Like, it, they kind of have to keep following their plan and go with it. And I'm okay with that. I think that's going to be a really good match. I've I bought all their pay-per-views, so they've already got me. Like, it's going to take a lot to spend the equity they've earned with me at this point, so... Yeah, I think, yeah, Mox and Danielson, probably Jericho Kingston as well, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to be a long-term build to uh, to something. Um, that would be a great match. I think Kingston needs to win that match as well. Cause I, I hope so. He's, he's due a big win. Um, I, I guess probably MJF. I would imagine MJF, Wardlow, maybe. I mean, obviously yeah. they're doing the punk match. They're doing the punk match uh, tomorrow night as we record this. So um, that... Look, that could—I mean, I, they, I suppose they could still do the Punk and MJF feud. That could still carry on, but it does look more than likely to be Wardlow. As it does kind of beg the question: Well, what does Punk do then? But um, I suppose they could always do a tag. They could do uh, Punk and Wardlow against MJF and someone. I don't know who that's. So you're running is. into the problem that is like AEW right now. Like the biggest problem AEW has is like there's so many possibilities, which exactly, is yeah. Such a terrible problem to have, not even <laughs> remotely. But also at the same time, they only have three hours of TV, and one is pre-taped. And I mean, I love. I watch. We watch Elevation and Dark sometimes. I like Dark better just because Taz and Excalibur crack me up. So it's amazing, <laughs> but it's hard because they're gonna have to. I mean, they're just gonna have to make tough choices with which storylines they go with. Like you just. We're like, oh, okay, here's like five scenarios. Oh, crap. I mean, <laughs> so it's, but I mean, I don't know. It gives us a lot of places to go. And then if someone gets hurt, you can lean on something else like that. And I mean, it gives people a chance to maybe have a life or, I mean, they've clearly come up against, everyone has. I mean, New Japan's not doing what it could be doing if people were able to talk and cheer. And so I think, yeah, I think that they will lean heavily on the, the main stuff and then have the stuff for backup. In case there's so, there's so many questions because what they do with the tag titles? Do, I mean, do you have right. do, you do, oh, do, yeah. you, do you do bucks against Red Dragon this soon? Do you hold off on it? I mean, do you throw them into a like a a, a triple threat? You know, maybe Red Dragon, Young Bucks, and uh, Jurassic Express. I mean, there, there's there's so that. many different exam. There's so many different ways they can go, and uh, obviously, what does Sammy do? You know, who's he going to be facing for the T- TNT title? Uh, who does Brit go against next? Do they go back to Thunder Rosa? That seems like an, a, a natural uh, way to go at some point. But do they do it this soon? I mean, it, yeah, there's, there's loads of uh, there's loads of possibilities, and uh, I'm sure whatever direction they go, it's going to be great because I'm yet to be disappointed by an AEW pay per view. So I'm sure this mm-hmm. one will be just as good. Do you have a favorite AEW pay per view so far? I think done? it was actually last year's um, Chicago show. The all-out show, right? Yeah, yeah. With um, yeah, yeah. Punk and uh, Punk and Darby and 
Was that the one that was Omega and Christian, wasn't it, where where Danielson and uh, Cole debuted at the end? Yes. Yes. And I just, the energy of the show, it wasn't necessarily like because it was the best main event or the best this, but the whole show, there's been shows like, this is why I like New Japan shows too, is where they run on like they run like a top. They go perfectly and you are like, holy crap, I've just been watching this for three hours and I didn't even realize it. And I mean, it just works. And the energy is so good in the building and the energy is so good on the in the ring and the energy around, like the bonus content from people that were making it. It just felt good and it was a lot of fun. I think part of that is because people were able to come back and be in a show and you can't, enthusiast, fan, all of the above. I am a wrestling nerd now. I've graduated to just full-on nerd at this point. Fan, lover. But it's... I it's, I don't know. I love that vibe. And those are always the shows I really enjoy because they come with all this extra stuff where it's like, if I'm having a crappy day, at least I can think about that time the Great Muda came out at Madison Square Garden and my friend lost his mind. Like, <laughs> so... And it's that is a very valuable thing when you're dealing with a lot of things that we're all dealing with right now is to be able to sort of put yourself in that place and have that thing. So it's helped me immensely. Well, wrestling, I mean, wrestling is always wrestling's always meant to be a great form of escapism. And uh, that's when, it, when it's at its best. That's what it is. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great form of escapism. Um, but having said that, the, the, the last question if you could change one thing about wrestling, what would it be? So is there one thing that you, apart from, you know, maybe Vince McMahon not being in charge of WWE anymore and someone, <laughs> someone else taking over, is there anything else that you would, you would like to, to change about wrestling? I mean, I know that that's kind of the popular answer, but wrestling has given me a lot in, in the term of community. And so what I would honestly change about wrestling is wrestling Twitter and the fact that it gets so toxic and wrestling social media for that matter we have this great group that was able to rise to the top and i think there's a lot of that love out there because you see somebody in the wrestling community whether it's a someone that's on ringside or someone that makes a podcast or someone that's in the ring or somebody just that you know hauls rigging around something happens and the whole wrestling community seems to rise up around that and a lot of that is done on social media and that doesn't get attention because you know, we live in a clickbaity world, and I get all that stuff, but I wish that some of the positive uh, discussion, the positive contributions to wrestling would rise to the top a little more on wrestling Twitter, because I'm not a business person. I don't inherently, I don't know Vince. I think it's time to walk away, but it bums me out that he can't see the influence he's had and be a part of the future. Instead, he's like lost in his ego. But that's my thing. I think the bigger issue would be to like maybe be able to help people focus. Be like, that's really cool. We don't need to talk about that person who did that dumb thing. Look at these people who helped prop up independent wrestling when the plague almost took it out completely. Like, there's a lot of that. And so, I don't know. That's, I had to think about this one. This was a tougher <laughs> question for me. Have you had a lot of sort of negative um, experiences with uh, sort of inter- uh, uh, the internet wrestling community, for lack of a better term? Um, be- before joining the uh, the Facebook group, I-, I have been members of sort of wrestling message boards and that sort of thing in the past, 
and it can be a very toxic environment you know and and people having an argument with somebody is one thing but when it becomes personal and, and people <laughs> are you know just taking shots at one another who you don't even know i mean you've never met this person before but yet you're and you would never talk to them like that in real life but yet because you're behind a keyboard you're like oh okay i can i can say whatever i like to this person with, with no repercussions um and there's lots of there's, there's lots of that so have you had sort of uh, any experience with uh, any of that before you sort of became a member of uh, the fight game group well, fortunately, I did my time on politics Twitter, my friends. So I don't take, uh, I don't, I don't feed the trolls. I don't, I know the patterns. I know the arguments. The same kind of, what's crazy is the same kind of pretzel logic that happens on wrestling Twitter happens on politics Twitter. Oh, it's funny. And wrestling, yeah. it's and wrestling Twitter doesn't affect our lives. It affects a lot of people's lives a little too much sometimes, but. But, you know, politics Twitter does in a way, not really, but kind of. But it's like, it's the same madness. And it's like, okay, but you guys all do the same thing. I can almost predict, like, what's going to happen next. And so for me, it's like, I've always been someone who sort of sits, like, I, I will sit back and watch how the that group interacts with each other and how that group interacts with each other. And it's like, nope, steering clear of that. And that is actually how I found the group because it was... I mean, it's mostly been Observer podcast for me for the last few years. But, you know, Garrett putting more of his other podcasts from the Fight Game Network onto the Observer, you know, that stuff. It's one of the things I love about Dave is that he's willing to listen to new voices and younger voices and different people. And he doesn't gatekeep about it. And I know I just I think that's so interesting because I wouldn't know about this group if it hadn't been for Garrett putting his content on the Observer page and it's just like a natural evolution. And then I was like, because I kept finding that I was like running out of podcasts to listen to. And just in time, they started dropping things like Matt Matt on there and the Fight Game podcast on there. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then I started looking. So it can be done. You have to be sort of your own curator in that way. But I think that, you know, just pay attention to the people that are having reasonable conversations about it. Like, I don't need to dump on your thing. I have my thing over here that's perfectly fine. And at the end of the day, we should all be wrestling fans because that's the ultimate goal, really, is to make a whole world of people enjoying pro wrestling. I think people could chill out a lot. This is It's a road to peace, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've not been a member of the group actually for that long. I'll, I'll I've been, been I... not, not longer, even less. Well, yeah, so I, was, I was just going to say, I, I've certainly been there a lot longer than you have because you've only, only sort of joined in the last, what, a couple of months. But a um, months. but I, I think I joined in September of, uh, I think it was September of 2020. And, and like you, it was because I had listened to Observer Radio and obviously Garrett does that with, with Dave on, typically on a Friday night. And I was like, well, what the else does Garrett do? And, and I, I sort of discovered the fight game podcast that he did with, with John and, and um, yeah. And sort of, and slowly uh, because I was, you know, had so much free time because it was right during the, the pandemic and, and yeah. everything had shut down. So I had so much time to listen to wrestling podcasts. I sort of immersed myself in, in quite a lot of it. And uh, yeah, joining the Facebook group was one of the best decisions I made from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, from being on the internet because um it, I spend so much time on there now and uh, I, I really, really enjoy it because I, I get to uh, 
interact with uh, good folks such as yourself. So yeah, it's, it's a really great place to be. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. It's been really great. I love nerding out about wrestling. So well, any those guys time... do a good job about it because, I mean, it's nice. You can talk to people and disagree. It's awesome. Anytime you want to nerd out, you you know where I am and we can we can do another one of these podcasts. So. Awesome. So, yeah. So thank, thank you, Mel. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a great pleasure to, uh, to talk to you. And uh, you are officially the third female guest now that's been on the show because uh, obviously we had uh, Keila Cash and uh, Carla was on. Uh, Carla Duran uh, Puza was on as well. And actually, I think we're going to have uh, Deborah Lynn on as well next. Yeah, I hope so. I can influence more, more of us to uh, be willing to talk about it. I think it's a little weird. I mean, it's weird enough to talk about it, but I think maybe it's like, oh, there's other ladies that want to talk about it. Keel is like one of my, I actually listen to her show more than I watch WWE now because Garrett interviewed her on a, an Observer and I was like, ooh. So keep that stuff up, you guys. Good job. Yeah, I would like to, I, obviously Denise does a great job as well. Oh, on the, Denise, uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, she, she's great. It's great to see um, more female, because obviously there is a big female wrestling following out there i i think that uh i think people sort of typically think of it as 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 a, something that 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 men typically watch rather than women but yeah there's a huge contingent of, of wrestling female wrestling fans out there and uh it's great to see more of them joining the uh the facebook group because i think we're up to we must be approaching double figures now <laughs> so uh um, know, there's at least like a half dozen or a dozen which is great it's a lot of fun so yeah, it's really great. So for Mel, I'm David signing off and thank you for listening to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. <laughs>